Good evening and welcome to our digital broadcast once again. I would like to welcome those of you who are new to us and those of you who are old to us. Oh, wait, nobody wants to admit to being old, but maybe uh, more frequently have joined us in the past. So welcome to everybody who is here tonight for our Sunday night broadcast. We're about ready to start a new week and here we go. It's like uh, on a roller coaster and you click, 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 click up to the top. Well, we're right at the top. This is what some of the last few clicks before you go into next week. So put your hands up in the air. Here we go. Um, I want to point you to a place you can get more information about us. Believe it or not, we have a place where you can find out all kinds of things about us. I'm sure you've never heard anybody talk about that before on this broadcast, but that place you want to go is www, hold on here, dot newarkupc.info. And there you can find all sorts of things about us. Uh, you can find communications from us. You can find old broadcasts in case you haven't heard enough of us. Uh, or maybe this is your first time and you're like, well, that was really interesting. What else have they done? Uh, we've done all kinds of things over the past year, so you can go check it out. One thing I wanted to specifically point us all to tonight is a specific spot on newarkupc.info. I was teaching a small group a few weeks ago and somebody said, where can I get those lessons? So tonight I'm going to tell you in case you don't know, uh, this coming week is a small group week. I know some people have been getting confused and been getting on, on the wrong week. It is this coming week either Tuesday or Thursday, whichever night is yours. Uh, we are doing it now every other week, not the first and third or the second and fourth or any of those things. It's just simply once we get going, it's every other week. So this week is a small group week. Um, and the place you can go to get that lesson, you can even peek ahead and we'll let you cheat and read it ahead of time. But the place you go for that is newarkupc.info. Um, and then you click on small groups. There's a big square there, rectangle that says small groups. You click on that. Then on that, under that, there is a another big rectangle that says online small groups. That's the one you want. To the left of that, there's one called join small groups. If you haven't joined us before and you would like to join one of our small groups, you are certainly welcome to do that. You can either just hop on. We've had some people do that on a Tuesday or Thursday, or you can you can fill out that information under join a small group. But if you click newarkupc.info, small groups, online small groups, that's where you can get all the information about Zoom links and, and all the things, how to call in if you don't know how to use Zoom. But then if you keep scrolling on that online small group section, you scroll almost all the way to the bottom and you'll see several different tabs and this time since we're doing failed expectations you'll see six tabs that say leah abraham woman of shunem john the baptist some of these should be sounding familiar joseph and mary so you can see i'll give you a little spoiler this week is joseph um i won't tell you for sure which joseph that is but if you go here and download the information you can see and also included in each of those lessons is that notes and reflections section where you can go and do further study, kind of a devotion. It 
takes you from small group to small group with something to do. So you have a way to dig your own well. This is kind of a shovel and pickaxe for you to get busy with the word of God on your own and learn some things and applying it to your specific life. Some of those are, are questions that you're supposed to ask yourself. Maybe they're too private for a um, for a small group. We, we get pretty open in our small groups, but maybe it's something that's a little more private than that, or maybe it's something that's going to take a little bit of thought. Or my husband is famous for doing read a book in the Bible. Um, you can't do that in a small group lesson. So uh, go check those out. Those are really rich and can really get you thinking about some things. So newarkypc.info, small groups, online small groups, scroll almost to the bottom and you'll see them listed out there. As we change our topic, we will change that information. So let's move on to tonight's lesson. Tonight, I want to talk about God. Surprise, surprise. I, I bet you, you're just floored by that information. Talking about God. We, we can never talk quite enough about God because he's hard to understand for our little human humanly brains. But tonight I want to talk about specifically the Holy Spirit. Or sometimes we call it the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is kind of the old English way of talking about it. But it's kind of hung around because for so long we used the King James Bible and that's what it calls it. It's no difference. The Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is exactly the same thing. But the Holy Ghost, it, it sounds a little spooky. I've heard of kids who were kind of scared of the Holy Ghost. Um, it's, it is simply a manifestation or a form or a showing of God himself. And if you're not scared of God himself, you don't have to be scared of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Um, God is a spirit. And the Bible says those who worship him are supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he no longer has a physical form as he did when Jesus walked the earth. But he is with us in spirit or it's kind of hard to put a finger on because it's it's more than us, more than our little humanly brains can understand. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is not a third of God or a piece of God. It is God himself. He fills us with his spirit. Okay, now we're getting really strange. But the Bible says he fills us with his spirit. And that changes us so that we become more like him. If you want to know more about the strange thing of receiving the spirit and what that looks like, um, you can read the book of Acts in the Bible. The, the book of what? Okay, that sounds kind of funny. Those of us who are in the church have been around the church are used to that, but it's not A-X, it's A-C-T-S, like actions. The Acts of the Apostles is what it's what the book is officially called, but we just call it the book of Acts. Uh, so you open your Bible to the index, if you have a paper Bible, open your Bible to the index and you look for the section in the Bible called the Acts of the Apostles and you go to that page it will be, I promise, in the back one quarter of your Bible. Um, so if you if it takes you somewhere else, you have the wrong set of numbers. There may be two sets of numbers. It might start over towards the back. So go to the back quarter of your Bible and find the book of the Acts of the Apostles and just start reading. Or if you just want to use the Internet, you can search on the Internet for the book of Acts and uh 
and just start reading at the beginning of that section as well. If you're on the internet, I would suggest just for ease of reading so you don't get, like I said, the King James or something that's a little harder to read. Nothing wrong with the King James, but if you're not familiar with the language of it, it might be a little harder to understand and we don't want to make the Bible hard for people to understand. So just type in on your internet, the book of Acts and type the letters NLT for New Living Translation and it will bring you up an easy to read, easy to understand uh, story that you can read. It's just a story, a history of the church, what happened after the gospels, after Jesus died, probably familiar with that, and was buried and rose again, and then he left the earth. This is what happened after that. So this is the actions of the apostles and the Holy Spirit came to these apostles very early in this book. You won't have to read very far. You'll be in, in the second chapter, probably 15 minutes in, if even that, and you'll start seeing the Holy Spirit and how it starts moving on them. So pay attention as you're reading the book of Acts. Might take you a few days, you know, a few minutes a day. Um, but it, it really isn't very long. And just pay attention as you go through to what this Holy Spirit is doing in the book of Acts. And pay attention to what these people do when they are filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And often they will speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them that ability. The same thing, believe it or not, it's kind of hard to believe, but the same thing happens to us today. It can happen to you today. Peter, you'll see in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, told the crowd that it was for them, it was for their children, and it was for those afar off. Well, we are that afar off people, and I'm so glad that he meant for us to have the Spirit as well. So if it hasn't happened to you, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, if you have not spoken in tongues, you can and start drawing closer to God, spending time in his word, spending time in prayer. And he has promised that it will happen to you. The Holy Spirit is simply God and it is his way of coming to be with us. You will receive the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Then as we have been studying this past week, if you've been with us, salvation is a process. It's, it is an event where it, it has a starting point, but then it keeps going and going until we finish our race, till we reach heaven. Salvation is a process, but growth does happen. If you say you have the spirit, but you're not changed, I suspect that perhaps you do not actually have the spirit because he will change us. And he continues to change us the whole way along. And that is that process that salvation is. So let me repeat again. If I maybe I didn't say it quite this way, but he comes in us and we start to be in him or we start to be more like him. Jesus says it in John 15 verses five and eight. He says it this way. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then in verse 8, he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings 
great glory to my father. So if we have the spirit, his spirit or him, actually, we will show his qualities in our lives. We, we just will. It, it just naturally happens like springtime comes or the cicadas come out of the ground. It's just something that will happen. Um, his traits become our traits and we change to be more and more like him. So with that knowledge, we can realize and understand that these good things that come to be in our lives because of him, if we think about it carefully, we have these things that kind of come out of us positively. We change and become more like him. We can look at that and say, these things are actually qualities of him that are coming out in us in this vine and branches sort of way. If here's a little biology lesson for you in a plant in the root and the stem and the branch and the leaf, um, these things, every cell in that plant has the same DNA. It looks different. It comes out different, but it's all consistent all the way through that plant. And if we are the vine and he is the branch, so to speak, it's an analogy, okay? But go with me. And we have fruit. It's all going to be the same. It's consistent. Um, so what is it that happens to us as we walk with God? As we spend time with him, we, go, we grow fruit, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean I have an apple coming out of my ear or a pineapple coming out my nose, that would be painful. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. But to go with the analogy um, or imagery that the Bible uses, it talks about these things that just kind of come out of us naturally if we have him in us and us in him. Paul in the book of Galatians calls it the fruit of the spirit. So it's what comes out in our lives because of God. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, he says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Oh, these things sound wonderful, don't they? Whew. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says, there is no law against these things. Um, and, and we did small group lessons about this a few sets ago. So some of you are probably familiar with that. And I'll reflect back on that. Just a couple of things, but that's not our real point. Um, this isn't a, a list of finite things. This is not, as I was talking about those lessons, I would tell people this is not an Excel spreadsheet with little boxes. This is more like a watercolor. And we're the things kind of bleed into each other and it's not a, it's not a mutually exclusive list some things are kind of synonyms so that's okay and these aren't even all of the things necessarily that will come out but these are things that you should expect to start seeing show up in your life if the, if you are him in him and he is in you and his spirit is in you so it's kind of an a equals b b equals c C equals A kind of thing. If we are in God and he is in us, 
and we have these things that start showing up in our lives, we can learn something about God himself by looking at these fruit and what it is that comes out in our lives. Isn't that interesting? Let me repeat that again. If we are in the spirit and the spirit is in us and it causes us to have this fruit, so to speak, in our lives, we can look at this fruit and learn things about God because these are qualities of God. So let me, don't just take my word for it, but let's explore some scriptures and see if I'm right and um, see if we can learn something about God or maybe just be reminded about something about God or maybe we can just take a deep breath and go, God is a good God. And, and worship him in that knowledge. So I must confess, I did, a, I did some research in this and I could have gone a week on each of these. So I'm just gonna give you a limited myself to two scriptures for each of them. I hope it proves my point. If you would like to go um, research more, I certainly encourage that. So go dig your own well a little bit and see if I am right that God is each of these things and each of these things is God. So let's start with love. God equals love. Does that make sense? Well, let's see. It, it would mean, if it were true, that God is loving, that God is love. And this meaning of love isn't a sexual or that kind of love, or even a I love Taco Bell kind of love. No, it's a, a, an interest in another person or a care and affection for them. First John 4, Verse 16 says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So this one is actually very clear. It does draw an equal sign. God is love. Love is God. Um, so that one is very, very clear. God is love and he loves us. He loves little old me and little old you. Romans 5 verse 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. How amazing is that? That is a kind of love that I have not known before. You have not known before. We as humans can't even have this kind of love, I would argue. But God is love. So let's go on. The next fruit is joy. And this one's a little different because joy is a different kind of word than love. But it would mean that he is joyful or he brings a sense of gladness and thanksgiving. It would mean that he is not a sad and sour God. So let's see. John 15 verse 11. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So in other words, he gives us so much joy that it just oozes out our pores and overflows. And it is his joy that does this. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, the end of the verse says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think we can safely say that God is joy. And he brings joy to our lives. Isn't that awesome? I wouldn't want 
to serve a God who expected us to walk around like we were baptized in pickle juice. He is joyful. He wants us to have joy in our lives. The next one in this fruit um, is he is peaceful. Peace. He's peaceful. Uh, it would mean he brings a sense of harmony and wholeness and rightness and freedom from worry. It doesn't necessarily mean an absence of war, but it means a sense of well-being. So Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And then it gives a lot, big long list and he will be called blah, blah, blah. And one of those things is a prince of peace. That's how important it is to him that he, his identity is this prince of peace. Romans 16 verse 20 says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. He is a God of peace. And that fruit, that, that peace that exhibits in our life from him, and as we are in him and as he is in us, that peace is a byproduct of the very thing that he is. Patience. Now, the old King James Bible says long-suffering. Another way to translate it would be slow to anger. And as we are in him and his spirit is in us, we should see ourselves becoming more and more slow to anger. Doesn't mean we never get angry. There are times to be angry about things, but not just flying off the handle for no reason. Um, it also means that people who are patient or long-suffering or slow to anger are, are not bothered in the waiting. God is not bothered in waiting for us. He is not anxious. He is long-suffering or slow to anger. Nehemiah 9 verse 17 says, but you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. We're going to hit kindness next. So keep that in mind. I'm kind of double dipping here. But God is gracious and merciful. He has been so merciful and gracious to me and slow to anger. He is not Zeus up on Mount Olympus with a lightning bolt just waiting to strike me dead if I do one thing wrong. No, if that were the case, I would have been fried a long time ago. He is slow to anger, slow to zap me out. Um, and he is long suffering. Joel 2 verse 13. Both of these, I would note, are Old Testament passages where we think of this fiery heart God. And he was at times, but we get both of these passage about him being slow to anger from the Old Testament. There are more in the New Testament, but Joel 2 verse 13 says, return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. There's love. He is eager to relent and not to punish. God loves us and he wants to help us and be with us and be good to us. Um, you see, I'm crossing over these words. It's hard to describe God without using some of these words. The next list of fruit is kindness, or it also means gentleness. You'll see it sometimes translated as gentleness. 
God is kind and he is gentle and doing helpful things for us. This word is not a passive word. It has action built into it. It means somebody does kind things for us, does, does things gently, does helpful things. Romans 2 verse 4. Don't you see how wonderfully, oh, we're going to get some more of these words here. Kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? He is so kind to us. Titus 3 verses 4 and 5. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He has been so kind to me. He has been so gentle with me, patient, long-suffering, slow to anger, full of love, all of these things perfectly to me describe how God has been to me. Goodness is the next one. He is good. He is generous. He does helpful things. Yes, this one overlaps with kindness quite a bit. This is how they're an example of how they're not a defined checklist or an Excel spreadsheet, but more of a more of a watercolor. So goodness, though. First Chronicles 1634 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. There's love again. See, these these words just keep showing up in lists and in in recurring themes. Psalm 25, verse eight, the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Part of his goodness is that he does correct us. I don't like being corrected, but that is part of his goodness. He wants to show us the correct path. And I'm getting close to the end here. If you're, if you're getting tired of this list, but the qualities of God are just so amazing that it's just flabbergasting. And this list of what God is, um, wow. The next one is faith or faithfulness. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. We can rely on him. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 says he is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he? He's perfect. We can rely on him. Isaiah 25 verse 1 Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt in you. I will give thanks to your name for you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. We can trust him. And I know this one's hard. This one's hard for me at least because sometimes I think you've made these promises and they're not coming true or you've made you said something would happen and it hasn't happened yet. And I don't like waiting, but we can rely on him. He is faithful and he is good. The next one is gentleness, which also can be said as meekness. Gentleness in this context means a humility or a courteousness. This is not a personality. Uh, it's been misunderstood as that. But it's not a personality, but an action of esteeming others 
more than yourself. God esteemed us more than himself. Isn't that the truth? Oh my goodness. He is he valued us more than he valued himself. And in that process, he is gentle. Matthew 11 verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. He is gentle. Philippians 2 verse 8 talks about how he had humility and he put us above him. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. How much more humble can you get than that? I would argue that you really can't get much more humble or gentle or meek than what God did for us on Calvary. How amazing that the God of all creation came and did that for me. He is indeed meek and gentle. And the very last one that I'll come to is self-control or temperance. And this one ties right into that gentleness and that meekness because it means he isn't impulsive and he restrains himself in preference of us. People have thought this meant slow to anger and it, it does somewhat, but it's not just that. It has to do again with that preferring someone else over yourself. First Peter 2 verse 23 explains, he did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Another scripture says he could have called 10,000 angels to come down and release him from the cross, but he controlled himself for us. He was in control of himself. He said, Father, take this cup from me. Take this job from me. I don't want to do it, but he did it. Why did he do it? He did it for you and he did it for me. He put us above what he his, himself really wanted. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He was tempted. It wasn't that we have it so much easier than him. I mean, that he had it so much easier than us. He did not. He was tested like we are, and yet he showed self-control. He showed temperance. And why? Because he wanted to save us. What a wonderful, wonderful God we serve you and me i'm gonna i'm gonna list those again and and just think about what an amazing god we have the privilege of serving there's been a lot of gods thought to be gods and served over the eons of humanity but most of them i would even argue all of them were not good they were mean and they expected horrible sacrifices and they expected they had to be bought off. Our God is not like that. He is loving. He is full of joy. He is peaceful, patient, and slow to anger. He is kind and gentle. He is good and he does helpful things. He is faithful and trustworthy. He is gentle and meek. And he is self-controlled. We should praise him 
love him, serve him, rejoice in him, trust in him, and worship him in everything we do because he is a God that is these things. He is good. His mercy endures for all generations. What an awesome, amazing God we serve. I hope you can go into this next week with a little bounce in your step and an uplift in your spirit because we don't serve a mean God. We serve a very, very good God. He is so good to us. He is long suffering. He is patient. He is kind. He is gentle. He is meek. He is love and peace. Wow. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to serve this God of mine. What a privilege it is to serve this God of yours. If you do not have his spirit, just draw close to him, pray to him, seek him, and try to learn about him. Read his word and come to small group or however your community does learning about him because he is worth learning about. He is a awesome God. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for all you have done for us. We thank you for everything that you are. And thank you for making this, these good things come to be in our lives and that we can look at these things that are good in our lives and realize exactly where they came from because they come from you. God, help us to not get off, off of the path. Help us to remember that you are good and that we can trust in you and we don't have to be afraid and we can know that you only want good for us. You have already done so much good for us. God, help us as we walk through this week to serve you and to remember what a good God you are and to worship you with our lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. I would encourage you to go to newarkupc.info and print those small group lessons for this week because Tuesday and Thursday are small groups. So I will probably see most of you on those calls and I'll see you there. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.